and um, yeah we thought it'd be good to kind of bring in an audiologist because we don't really hear much from that side of audiology or just that degree in general so we thought why not talk about all the other degrees that you can get besides med because um, there's audiology, optometry, pharmacy, medical imaging and we'll try to cover off all our bases not all of them this season but we thought we'll kind of take off a couple of them this time and we thought Emily would be a good option to kind of talk about the audiology degree and um, we'll kind of talk about her career and where is she, where she's up to now in terms of um, her degree. Oh, her career, not her degree. So Was that a, was that a pun, Kaiman, at the start there? I don't even know what I've said. I've just, I, I black out sometimes <laughs> and then I just come back. So um, sure, if there was a pun there, it was unintentional. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. didn't notice it, so it's <laughs> It wasn't intentional. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, Emily. So the first thing we kind of talk about in terms of um, talking to our guests is kind of how did you get into science? Was it in primary school, intermediate high school? Was it your parents? Was it a mu- like a movie or a, a TV show that you watched? Or um, or was it just random? Was it We've had people who are like, I got into science because I was good at it and positive reinforcement makes me feel good. I was literally about to say that. <laughs> and there's nothing but wrong actually, with that. <laughs> yeah, I think I would say the f- my first experience in science would have been in intermediate. Um, so we did like science fairs where um, everybody had to do like a scientific experiment. And then there was these um, cardboard, like, like well, I don't even know what they're called. Like, then you just had to do it and then you had to present um, so that would be my first science. Yeah, science fair. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> and then you had like then, a science board and you had to like decorate it and like yeah. put in like, yeah. Yeah, I had the lamest idea. It was literally um, how long it takes to for the ice to melt, but like using different types of salts. <laughs> that's, that, well, that's, that's still very scientific. Like, that's it was very boring. For, for, <laughs> but I mean... What did oh, I did? How long? Like how long apples take to rot in, in the immediate? So I I wasn't any better than you were. Did you do like different um like apple? Yes, type? we did different apple types and we put them into different temperatures. But I mean, yeah, that there's there's nothing wrong with something simple. Because did you get taught science much in intermediate? I don't think it was really taught much, but I still I do remember it being a part of the cur- cur- curriculum. Um. So that's why we had those science fairs. Um, they wouldn't have just given it to us and kind of been like, okay, you go along now and do your thing. <laughs> Funny you say that because I went to a Catholic school and they essentially did that to us because really? we didn't learn science. And then they were like, oh, guys, we're going to be doing a science fair. Um, so good luck. Um, oh, so, my goodness. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, I think in, in a sense it's actually kind of good because I know that there's a lot of schools that don't teach science and just giving us the exposure to kind of have science so early on is actually quite good but 
I mean, yeah, like I said, nothing wrong with learning, taking, finding out how long it takes for ice to melt in terms of what's salt. So is that kind of how it kind of started? And then you kind of move, once you kind of moved into high school where you've finally started doing like, I wouldn't say proper science, but you started getting taught like general science, biology, chemistry, and physics. Is that kind of where things kind of increase your interest, kind of piqued your interests? Yeah, and um, I was good at it. And so I wanted to just continue on doing something I was good at. So it kind of just uh, gradually led towards doing science. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, there's nothing wrong with that. I think um, we, we said it that like, you want to do something you're good at. And I think everyone wants to do something like that. You don't really want to do something you're bad at and kind of be like, oh, well, some people might will be like, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to put, I'm my... going to prove them wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, like an anime or like a movie, just like a Con- movie premise. Consistent, like 40, 50% grades. And they're like, nah, I'm going to keep doing it just out of spite. So in terms of, um, so you kind of went through, intermediate did the science fairs kind of did your high school and did your sciences um how did you kind of how was university so I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie I didn't know that University of Auckland had an audiology degree um (laughs) that's I think you're probably not the only one (laughs) yeah I I was gonna say maybe I don't want to put a percentage but um Lorenzo did you know that there was an audiology degree at University Uh... of Auckland yeah, in like fourth year. Yeah, see, so oh, okay, third, third okay, fourth year. Okay. Like I found, I found out about it when I heard that some of my friends in classes were going for audiology, or I heard of someone who was going for post grad med that didn't get in that then went into audiology, which seems to be but the most roundabout way to find out these alternate paths. Or not really alternate, just other paths. Yeah. Is people failing med entry and then finding these other ways to get into clinical work? So. So I think, yeah, so I think the first question is, how did you find out about audiology and what made you kind of go that way instead of all the other options that you could do? Like Lorenzo said, like there's medical school. What kind of, what was your, why did you choose audiology? I guess that's the main question. Well, I mean, I found out about audiology in second year. So um, I, I did biomed and it was in one of my neuroscience papers um, one of the MedSide papers, there was like two lectures on hearing and, um, and coincidentally, my grandma was actually having issues with her hearing. And so I took her to the, um, Monaco, well, at the super clinic and she saw an audiologist there. And, um, that's how I kind of thought, found out like audiology as a profession. And then when I went back and did those lectures, it actually showed me like, oh, okay. So hearing is quite important. Um, And (laughs) at the end of the lecture, we had the lecturer stay behind and he actually mentioned, hey, I'm not sure if you guys know that, but the University of Auckland has an audiology degree. Um, And it's a really not known, like not well-known fact. And so if you are interested, just give me a buzz and I can tell you all about it. Um, and so I contacted the lecturer after that to find out more, but it's a very small degree. I think that's probably why, um, there's not, it's not well known. Um, there was only 14 people in my class or 15 actually, because we had one international, but, um, I think because it's so small, that's probably one of the reasons why it's not well known. 
Is is there like a cap of how many students they can have? Yes. Yeah. Um. So before last, uh, before this year, they were only taking fourteen domestic students. Um, so it's even harder than medical school. <laughs> it actually is. If you if you think about it and you you work out the stats, I would say it, it was quite. It was very hard to get in. Um, they've increased the enrollment size now because I think the university decided that we need to uh, make more money, and so <laughs> let's get some more students in. <laughs> okay, so you so does that mean you also went through postgraduate entry as well? So you finished yeah. off your biomed and then you moved to audiology. Yeah, because so, it's a master's degree. Oh, I see. So yeah. you have to do. Do you have to do a undergrad and then move into yes. audiology? Yeah. I see. Yeah. Um, and they prefer like a science background and they also prefer like if you've done psychology or something like that, but it doesn't have to be um, like biomed or health science or psychology. Um, it's just like a, any master's degree you can get in once you apply. I think they'd, they'd prefer biomed though, right? Since I had, when you do the masters, I think a lot of the time they're in, um, what do you call it, in Grafton in cbr floor or you know one of those really quite intensive lab mine was actually in tamaki so i got lucky enough that the campus was in tamaki and i my final year was there because i live out east it was very convenient for me oh yeah so easy so easy (laughs) i had classmates traveling from out west from the shore and uh, i got lucky that it was out west or out east i was in grafton so east from grafton wasn't particularly great no yeah I did not look forward to um, the, that long commute to uni. So I was so glad that um, they changed it to Tamaki. But then they built a new um, building in Grafton and now everything's in Grafton. That's like right next to, yeah. yeah. I think Tamaki is just gone. It's gone, yeah. They sold the place. Because yeah. by, by the time, by the time when I was still finishing, it was only partially constructed. And before I left Auckland, it was like there was this, this whole ass building there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's the, that's the <laughs> thing that I used to walk by on the way to Subway for my lunch. It's so it's fancy that new building. <laughs> yeah, have have you, have you guys? Oh, Lorenzo, you haven't. But Emily, have you been in 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 there before? I only went in there to meet my supervisor before I handed in my thesis, so I didn't get to use a new clinic or anything. Yeah, it's it's fancy because um, Sarah and I um. We did a clinical trial recently and we were in the new part of the building and it's it's really flash in there so it's um and here and here i am like when i first started university you know that new part of the grafton building yeah yeah that wasn't built oh wow i was, I was that's showing was your age <laughs> <laughs> guys i'm only two years older than you guys but um yeah essentially that old building that you see that is connected to the new building that's all we had when i first started biomed so there was the graph in the library was like they were it was under construction, half of it was closed and then a year later they just stuck a whole new building onto the old building and I was like, Huh, and now you have a whole new other building. Was was it just ACSRC building? Yeah, I think so. At the start. And Liggins, maybe? Yeah. And then, then they built but they essentially yeah, I just had this old cruddy as like imagine the SBS, the old biology building, but But older. But older <laughs> but in Grafton. And that's where I used and that's where I used to study um, when I was doing biomed. The, the age is showing. <laughs> Guys, like I said, it, it was a two-year difference. It's not that bad. <laughs> but um, let's let's bring it back because let's not talk about how old I am and how I'm getting close to the 30. Um, but 
Um, before we kind of talk about your master's, um, do you want to talk about the, um, I guess the postgraduate diploma year? So that fourth year that you've did, how, how did that go? Um, what papers, was it just like a, was it just a eight papers that you had to do for audiology or was kind of just talk about the reason why I even did that postgrad diploma in the first place was because I wanted to get a higher GPA <laughs> so that I could apply for audiology. <laughs> so what happened in third year is I kind so I found out about audiology in second year and I was going to apply for it in third year, but I kind of um, freaked out. I was like a little bit intimidated um, I didn't want to get rejected. And so I decided that, you know what? I'm not going to apply this year. I'm going to make my GPA higher so that I could apply next year. <laughs> and I think a lot of people do that for med school as well. Like I've, I've had friends who do honours just to get that extra boost just to make sure that um, they get into med school. And so nothing wrong with that if it means... I've had friends take extra classes during the year so that it would wean off the lower grades. And I thought, yeah, you you, shouldn't, shouldn't you just yeah. do better in those classes instead of having six classes a semester plus two in summer school? That's draining. What, what hap- the sad thing that happened to me was I did that. That was the purpose of doing it. But it didn't work because my GPA actually went lower. <laughs> <laughs> But it's still, well, you still made it to audiology. So, yeah, I mean, because that's, that's I was kind of about. like, well, this is, if I don't apply now, I'm never going to apply. So I've just got to do it um, and hope my GPA is good enough for, for an interview. Um, and it was. And then the interview obviously pulled me through. So um, that was the sole purpose of that postgrad year, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, you never know, right? Like maybe your experience from fourth year helped a lot with your interview. Mm. Or maybe I could have gotten in the third year, but who knows? Maybe maybe you could have been earlier, but (laughs) you never know. You never know. It's life lessons, guys. I mean, it builds character. When when someone makes a movie about you, that fourth year is really going to be important in the arc of Emily um, for your autobiography. Yes, somebody told me that that postgrad diploma is quite an easy year. And obviously that wasn't the case for me. <laughs> I think it was, I think I did enjoy that for myself. That postgrad diploma year was quite cool because it was small, smaller cohorts. And a lot of the times the papers were very, a bit more specialized than what we kind of had to do in undergrad. But um, that's not that important anymore because I mean, you have, like I said, you've made it to audiology, um, you finish off your master's and you're already kind of into your career as an audiologist. But before we kind of talk about the process after your master's, how was your master's? Like, what does that entail in terms of, um, is there, was there more papers or was it just a one year or two year? How did that kind of work? Yeah, so the Master of Audiology pro- uh, program is a two year program. Um, In the first year, it's basically you knuckle down on the theory. Um, It's six papers and then you get like a one-year practicum, um, so like a practical paper. And um, so it's like three papers per semester with that um, other practical paper. 
And that first year, I would say, was quite tough because it's literally everything you need to know about audiology. Um, and the lectures were very long. The practicals were very long. Um, but they were, I guess they all had a purpose because they all came together. You're not learning anything for no reason. And so I'm still using the stuff that I learned at uni in the clinic today. So um, that's the first year. And then in that summer break, we had a um, we had a very long practical. Uh, what, what what's it called? A summer placement. So I spent five weeks in um, a public hospital doing audiology there, and then I spent another four weeks doing um, private hospital or private audiology, and then that's that summer. And then you go into your second year where you do a thesis and there's just another paper. Just just another paper on top of your just thesis. Just another paper. <laughs> so I kind of, yeah, it's another practical. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's a, it was a year-long practical paper and then um, a 60 or 60 point thesis. Can't remember the points. Yeah, it's pretty intense. In terms of your topic for your master's, um, what did you do and could you decide on what you did or how, how did, because um, for, yeah, sorry, so for myself, I actually proposed a research project for my lab, but I know that there's other people that like who want to do honours and master's, there's like a finer thesis like list on the University of Auckland for like general science um, graduates but how does it work for audiology in terms of finding um your um i guess your supervisor investigator yeah supervisor yeah yeah so um at the end of first year there were a bunch of research topics that um different researchers um were wanting to investigate and they so basically they just sent out a list and if you were interested in any of those topics then you could just reach out and um they could organize a meeting and that's how you would get to know one another um i was going to do one of those research topics until um a classmate of ours he reached out into our class um group chat and he said hey is there anyone interested in doing um this topic that i ended up doing um, and he found it through, um, I think there was somebody, oh, his, the audiologist at his placement was looking for, um, wasn't part of a group, and so that's how I found it. I reached out and I said, I really want to do this topic, um, and are you willing to take on a master's student to, um, to do her thesis with? Um, in terms of... Well, that's, I mean, that's really cool. I mean, um, at least you kind of had a choice in the matter. It wasn't just like, um, <laughs> here's a list. Um, you get drawn from a number from one to 10 and good luck. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, if you actually, if you wanted to do a topic, you were actually free to reach out as well. There were people doing different topics. Um, they didn't have to do, they weren't confined basically. basically. Yeah, it just had to be approved at the end of the day. Yeah, it had to be about audiology. Yeah, of course. Can't can't be doing a um a master's on classical art, and oh, have well, that count towards a degree. Well, if it has something to do with audiology, then potentially. But I mean, yeah. there's there's a way you can swing it. You can um. There's always audiology. a way. Yep. Yeah. Um. 
so what were the i guess the good parts and the bad parts of the audiology masters because i know that for myself and lorenzo like um the thesis part was um difficult's probably not the right word to say but um we kind of want to talk about the good stuff about your masters as well and how it balances out the bad stuff that you kind of personally didn't really enjoy during the degree well i would say i I really liked my um my masters i liked that more than my undergrad because it felt like um you were working towards a purpose um and one of the best things about audiology is because the class sizes are so small and um you do the same classes you get to know your classmates very well um and so we still talk on a daily basis my class or you know members from my class um and just making those connections with people that are going to be in the same workplace as you or in the same field as you um and then that would be like the best thing about audiology um i would say the workload was pretty hard that's the only thing i would say was quite hard um that first year just learning everything that um that was hard <laughs> how how many years in all up was just the audiology part of your uni so um it was the last two years yeah two years yeah because that seems that seems that seems a bit short for something that's a postgrad only entry although i guess it makes sense if they had that as a pre um as a kind of one year pre med and then two years of audiology i feel like those people just aren't prepared remotely prepared for what's about to hit them but that's it. Uh, yeah. when you when you say two years it it still feels like two years that's a that's a very short amount of time to cram in a lot of things to learn yeah and bearing in mind yeah that last year is your thesis year so they expect you to basically know everything within that first year but first at year. that point <laughs> yeah because we go off on placements at the end of the year i, I guess with the, yeah. with the with the previous year you had the previous year learning everything so it should hopefully be fresh unless yeah. you unless you do what i do which is right after the exams you just go straight to shadows and you drown out all the you just lose all the memory that oh, you, you can't do that exams. you can't do that with no, this. you absolutely can't <laughs> no it's you you need that knowledge that thing you learn in lecture one day one on class oh, one yeah. <laughs> is still applicable to to what you're doing on a daily basis yeah. so, so so do you reckon um if there was i guess not a whole paper on audiology but do you reckon if if even in just biomed and physiology and stuff they actually did more lectures in audiology do you reckon that would have been beneficial i guess we're talking retrospective now do you reckon that would have been a bit more beneficial or do you reckon that whole year of just being like here's audiology um do you think that was enough or do you think having a bit more beforehand would have been beneficial as well I mean like the biomed side of things definitely helped with the physiology um and the mechanisms of hearing um everything else no I would say that if you chose the right papers then it would give you a quite a good background um foundation into audiology because the other half is about clinical so um there's probably no point in learning about how to do a hearing test or doing that stuff in the undergrad yep okay that's fair enough oh we should probably talk more about that clinical side though so 
what so what were you just essentially it sounds stupid but i mean you're essentially learning to be an audiologist but um what skills did you kind of learn through those um clinical papers so within like the first few weeks we basically you have to learn how to talk to clients or patients um it's communication um and you get put into like a little group so if there's an odd number in the class then it will be a group of three um if it's even numbers then it's peers so my class there was 15 of us and so we were in groups of threes um and we basically um there's like a schedule and each uh, group gets clinic time and then you just work amongst yourself who who's going to go to that clinic so that um you get even hours because you have to accumulate clinical um hours and so every every few weeks or every two weeks we had three or four hours of clinic um learning how to do a hearing test how to do all the other tests that we do and how to talk to people well that's good i mean i, I that's actually kind of cool how you guys can actually decide when you go in. yeah <laughs> that's only if you're in a group of three though <laughs> that's true i can i can just imagine being like one week when you're like absolutely stressed trying to like do everything and then they're like oh can you uh, come into the clinic please and you'll just be like that's the last thing I want to do in terms of my week but they're having that opportunity to kind of do that if you if the opportunity presents itself yeah. I think that's pretty cool as long as you kind of get your hours in and kind of um yeah make sure you've got the clinical side done and along with the theoretical side of your thesis as well definitely I think that's the benefit of a small a smaller cohort right yeah. if I would imagine it would be a lot more similar to how nursing or med placements would work if they had 200 people in that class where it's kind of just like you put forward which ones your your best choices are and you just get lotteried into wherever you're going to be whereas if you have a class of 14 15 you, you probably have quite a bit more freedom and flexibility yeah. in what you know making things work for everybody so you're all getting the you know the nicer outcomes i guess the nicer yeah. timing even with like the bigger class size now this year i think there's maybe slightly over 20 that's still not that big and so you still get to know everybody and you still get adequate hours. That's, I think I, that sounds way better than what I hear um, in terms of like what doctors and nurses have to do when, when they have to do clinical time, especially in this day and where pandemics are happening and everyone's like can't even get the clinical hours in because of um, what's happening at the moment. But I think, I think that's really cool. And I think, um, well, I mean, of course, I think in terms of job opportunities, that's also a positive as well because um, I can't imagine um, there being too much people being like, I couldn't get a job after I finished my audiology degree. Funny thing is um, we were basically all employed before we graduated. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's, I didn't tell you kind of, but that's what my, my, a couple of friends from audiology had told me as well. Yeah, that companies were whining and dining us. <laughs> <laughs> lined lined up before they even finish and i'm just sitting I, I found i found out this as it was thesis writing time talking to my friend who was also writing his thesis except he had a job lined up after this and i'm sitting there going i have a vacation lined up after this but i mean i mean they they hire you but that's not the end of the process right because at the moment you're you're still just a provisional audiologist yeah yeah so, so um, do you want to kind of talk more about that process of after you finish graduating, 
Um, you've already got your job before you fin- you f- before you f- um graduated. You're now a provisional audiologist. What does that entail? And then how do you become? How do you get that provisional off your title? And then you're a f- I don't want to say fully fledged audiologist, but yeah, just, pretty yeah, much. <laughs> yeah. Um. So basically, once you finish, um, and you found a job, obviously, um, you get hired as a provisional audiologist, and um, it's basically like doing clinics all over again where you have to get supervision and you have to log your hours Um, and then after a minimum of 11 months you can apply to get your um like we call it your certificate I can't even remember what it's called um you become fully qualified it's your it's we call it the c's the triple c's um and so then you become fully accredited um but what that means is as a provisional um, I can't see ACC clients or I can't see um, VA clients like Veterans Affairs clients. So I do um, a lot of the private clients. Um, and then once I become fully qualified, then I can see ACC and I can see um, VA. Is, is there a reason why they kind of split it out like that? Or is it just in terms of patients? Yeah, I think it's because they, well, um, I think the requirement by ACC and by VAR, they want the, um, their clients to be assessed by fully qualified audiologists. Um, so it doesn't take too long to get qualified. It's a minimum of 11 months and then you have to sit this big exam, um, which mine is coming up in a couple months. <laughs> That's your final, final exam. So I can't wait to get that over and done with. All, all of these, hearing all the the different pathways always makes me go, man, I should go back to you and do this. And then I hear that they have to do another big exam at the end of it. And I'm just like, ah. Yeah, but you get paid. So, I mean, I'm not working for free right now. <laughs> and in terms of the um, that big test at the end, um, let God forbid someone does doesn't do very well and wasn't their day. Is there like, is it like an unlimited tries or can you just keep trying? I I think they just reset. You just reset. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's that hard to fail. Um, <laughs> and um, you yeah. Basically, you have to do something very bad to to fail. Um, and if you need, um, like if it's a conditional pass, then you just need to, you might need to reset something um, because there's four stations. And so, um, you know, that's how it works. Well, we wish you the best of luck um, once that um, test comes through and you become a audiologist. Um, but no, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's been, it's, I guess it, this is insightful and I think a lot of people will probably be interested in this as well because, um, like you said, the majority of people don't really hear much about audiology. And if, like you said, if you kind of, with your experience with your grandma having to do audiology, it, that might, someone else might have the same story or something um, similar as well that could kind of jolt them into the career of audiology as well. So if people are interested, there is actually a pathway in Auckland that you can kind of get become an audiologist um, you can get a job essentially um, before you leave straight I mean, away. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's, I think that's really interesting because um, I mean, even though I probably wouldn't have done audiology if I knew about audiology, it's not my thing, but I mean, having all your options um, laid out to you is always a beneficial thing to have as well.
Yeah, one of the things yeah, I we'll really liked about it. Audiologists here. <laughs> yeah, there's never enough. Um, yeah, one of the things I really liked was knowing that I was gonna have a job after I graduated, um, and it it was it's quite a good paying job as well, um, and it's a nine to five Monday to Friday, so there's a lot of work life balance that um, you get to have with it. So I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. That sounds. I'm sure everyone at this current stage would want to just have nine to five, nice pay, employed. I think that's the most important part at the moment. So um, I think, yeah, this has been very in- insightful and hopefully um, if there are people who are interested, um, we can always put your LinkedIn on there and just give Emily um, a message and make sure you say, oh, I came from the podcast because it would just be weird if you'd be like, let me know more about audiology. Yeah, <laughs> so come, definitely reach out. Come, yeah, so if you want to have learn more and kind of have more of an in-depth conversation with Emily about this, um, do so. But I think we're coming to the end of this podcast and what we usually do at the end of this is um, if you could kind of go back in time and talk to 18-year-old Emily um, and... I guess give any advice to her and anyone kind of in the situation, what advice would you kind of give to your younger self and anyone kind of in the situation of being like, um, I feel like there's pressure for me to get into med school. It's not really my thing, but I want to get into clinical. Um, what other options are there? What advice would you kind of give to, I guess, yourself and others? Yeah. So I would say basically, um, do your research Um, know what's out there and know that there are other options Um, and med med school is not like the be all end all (laughs) Um, you can still get into healthcare um, by there's so many different ways of getting into healthcare um, and audiology is one of them Um, so basically just do your research and know what's out there um, because you'll never know if you don't well, that's, I think, that's sound advice. I think everyone, even regardless of if it's your career and stuff, you should really just do your due diligence and kind of see what's really out there to kind of give yourself the best opportunity to kind of see what's out there for you and what's right and what's wrong for you as well. Yeah. Um, Lorenzo, anything from your end in terms of final thoughts? Um, final thoughts. More people should go into audiology so that you guys can figure out a cure for tinnitus because I have it and it doesn't go away. Oh, do you? <laughs> oh, so no, there, you, there you go. There you go. There's, there's the, um, there, there's my message. <laughs> a lot of people live with it. Okay. You're not alone. <laughs> it's, I know it's, it is incredibly annoying, but oh. it, yeah. Thank you. Well, so if we, if, if anything comes towards a discovery of, um, of um curing lorenzo then if there's a clinical trial i will take it there's probably a lot of clinical trials out there right now to be honest <laughs> but you just you just want results lorenzo don't you you just want them now yeah i just don't want to hear um this buzzing this ringing noise when i put on my earbuds or when it gets quiet sometimes i don't know if it's the oh, cicadas or if it's my ears sometimes it's both <laughs> It's your brain. It's my brain. Well, maybe you two can have a one-on-one consult about your um, ear issues outside of this podcast. But um, thank again, thank you so much, Emily, for um, coming to have a chat to us about all of this. Um, 
like I said, um, we just wanted to bring people in and just opportunities and options that are out there. Um, so you did a fantastic job and um, a good advocate for the audiology um, cohort as well. So um, I think that's it. So hope to see you guys all next week. Um, so thanks, Emily. Thanks again. Cool. Thanks for having me. Cool. Have a good night, everyone. See you. See ya. Thank you.